You're listening to The Fully Occupied Show, presented by Occupier. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fully Occupied Podcast. I'm joined with Denise Henkel. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so happy that you're finally on our podcast. We met at a conference almost, gosh, it feels like a year ago at this point. And I just knew that we were going to be best friends. And we've been talking about this podcast ever since. So I'm so so happy that it's finally coming to fruition uh, right here. Uh, So we're doing something a little different today. We're going to be building on a three-part podcast series covering OCP's three keys to accelerate your real estate initiatives. The first being organization, second being consistency, and last but not least, on product. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We definitely did some... I would say brainstorming and how we could fit OCP into those three episodes. So very excited to dive into that today. But before we jump off into the nitty gritty, Denise, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background. Sure. So my background really is in commercial real estate. I've been in this industry for many, many years, Um, started on the accounting side, have a CPA, and really kind of built a career around seeing real estate and commercial real estate from many different angles. I've worked on behalf of owners and developers. I've worked on behalf of occupiers. I've worked on behalf of uh, service providers and, and kind of everything in between, including consulting and professional services. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to add a lot of different color commentary to our discussions here, Lauren, and, and I'll play devil's advocate, I think, at some points. And um, we should have some really good conversations. Yes, yes. I'm excited. I think you are extremely qualified for the topics that we're going to be discussing today. So I'm excited to jump into it. When we were brainstorming about organization, it seemed like it really started with the tone at the top. And that's really my accountant coming out, the tone at the top, but also more of like your vision, your leadership vision and building a vision It's really, really tough, right? So where do you even start when building your real estate strategy, Denise? Sure. So I think, you know, vision can look different at each level of an organization, right? I think the the vision of the executive team and the vision of the company overall is different than the vision of the individual. And I kind of liken this to like, if you think about a tree, like the vision, the corporate vision is almost like the canopy of the tree. But each of those leaves that make up that canopy are really the individuals within your organization attached by branches. And those branches are the various different functions. So I think that's really where you get started is that you have to really kind of determine what that overall corporate message is and then figure out like how the branches and the leaves and support that, you know, greater mission. Oh my gosh, I love that analogy with the trees and the leaves and the roots and all of that and how it all stems from that. It's amazing. 
Yeah, and, and real estate is really just one big supporting branch in that overall tree, right? It's the second largest expense on many income statements, and it facilitates most, if not all, of the corporate activities in some fashion. And I think as we've seen over the last two couple of years, you know, real estate's really in flux. Where sticks and bricks have really been reliable in the past, I think the role of real yeah. estate is really adapting and evolving really quickly because of everything that we've been through in the last couple of years. You know, oh I think God. at first, you know, we've seen some hesitation. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, totally. It's so funny how sticks and bricks were, you know, the foundation. And now it's kind of like a rubber band or just, you know, you have to be able to move pretty fluidly as a real estate strategy, as the business grows or, you know, compresses a little bit. And so real estate definitely is a huge part of that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I still think that, you know, companies are still figuring it out. I think we're getting oh there. God, yeah. I think we can all like agree that you can feel it like at the core of your being, you can feel that we're in a period of great change. Yeah, and I think we're still working out like how to do that. Yeah, 100 percent. It seems like at least from what I'm reading in the news or even at our customers at Occupy, there's a lot of moving and shaking going on in this space that everyone is trying to figure out the office of the future. That's a real big buzzword right now, especially with this looming recession hanging over our heads. And it's interesting. I know a couple of weeks ago, HubSpot came out and said that they're going to be looking at their real estate portfolio and consolidating and probably incurring a hundred million dollars in termination fees or consolidation type fees. That's a really big number, right? And it's kind of crazy to see that length of it, but also some of our customers are just trying new real estate models in general that instead of having offices in all of their cities, what if you had offices in the major cities, but completely rethought the way that the office was designed instead of having a typical cubicle that you go hotel into or check into, and then you go into a meeting conference room, a big table with chairs all around it, maybe one small whiteboard type thing. Instead of having offices built like that, what if we made something specifically for meetings where you only have high top tables in the room and the entire room is covered in whiteboarding or other tools to help you visualize and work through. So it's really interesting on like all ends of the spectrum, what people are doing in terms of real estate strategy. Yeah. And again, I mean, the way that we're using real estate still has to serve that vision, that greater corporate vision. But instead of the branches being straight, maybe they're curved <laughs> instead of, you know, I mean, truly, that's really what it's coming down to, because I think the overall corporate corporate vision really hasn't changed. It's just how we're going to facilitate the use of our real estate in a different way to still support that goal, both for our people and our teams and for that overall corporate goal. Yeah, totally. Because I, I don't think that real estate's ever going to go away. I don't think offices are ever going to go away, even though people love the hybrid work environment. It's still yeah. a critical part. It's just trying to figure out the role of it. Yeah, I think it's just how we're going to use our real estate is going to change. I still mm -hmm. think that there are going to be offices and workplaces. But like you said, is it going to be more of a meeting space 
or more of a workspace? Like, what is the purpose? And I think that's what companies are trying to figure out. What is the purpose of these spaces? Is it just so people have somewhere to go for a desk? I don't think that's it anymore. People have got mm-hmm. desks and phones and internet connections at home. <laughs> yeah, if I'm just going in for a desk, I might as well place this desk on a beach somewhere. Maybe I'll go to Mexico. I can have this desk anywhere. <laughs> right. As, as long as you have a good internet connection. Yeah. That, right? uh, okay, the internet. <laughs> if you hear waves in the background, I'm not on the beach in Mexico right now. <laughs> All right. Okay, once you've created this vision, right, how do you build goals and KPIs to really keep your team on track? Yeah, I think the first thing for setting goals, at least at a corporate level, is really let's let's talk about setting goals for a team because we've already talked about kind of that canopy and how everybody's got to serve, you know, the greater the greater tree, right? I think the first step in setting goals is really understanding how your individual team and the individuals in that team can influence the strategy. Like really, what are they doing at the core of their function, both upstream and downstream to support the greater vision, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the focus for goal setting in, in this respect needs to be like, what is the team influencing and what control do they have? through the outcome. That might be a a first place, you know, to start. And then you need to align specific actions to basically that. And those goals will support the vision, like we we said. Those goals, I think the first thing is, you know, trying to determine what you can create that's going to be specific to both the individual and the team which means it can't be theoretical. It can't be just like to be the best. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, so it has to be measurable. (laughs) Yeah, measurable is another one. I mean, how are we going to determine that if it's just to be the best? What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean and how do you measure it, right? Right. So it, it could be based on, you know, collaboration. It could be based on, hours. It could be based on costs. It could be based on a lot of different things. It could be based on feedback that you're receiving both from your internal and external customers. And then you got to create actions around those goals, right? Like what specifically can you do to meet those goals? Mm -hmm. And I think the actions sometimes is where people get hung up because they feel like they're, I think I'm doing everything right, Mm -hmm. but there's no concrete anything behind that to say, what is that? Right. Definitely. It's, you know, I think always having the action going back to the goal, goal going back to the vision and things like that is always really important because we're always so busy with work and you can get bogged down with tasks that are not supporting that strategic vision very, very easily. You know, even in my day job here, I can get distracted pretty easily. And if I'm not doing something that supports our OKRs, our objective and key results, I just simply can't do it because it's not an aligned to, you know, what we've been talking about, what we want to move forward as a business with. Right. And that's not to say like every activity that you have going on is going to be in support of that goal. Because yeah. There are going to be, you know, those Please, things. Sorry, that I are... close the books. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. But there's going to be those things that come up that are not necessarily going to be 100% in alignment, but are necessary for you to feel successful and fulfilled in your job. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, and like you said, I think it's important to have kind of like that feedback loop, the feedback and accountability to kind of create that review and measurement period to say like, okay, am I moving in the right direction? Are we moving in the right direction? Both, you know, and from the leaf level, individual level, through the branches, and then, you know, obviously at the higher level, at the executive level from the corporate mission. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, the big thing for me is like, just don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it too difficult. Because if you make it too difficult, it becomes a burden as opposed to something that's really going to facilitate good change or good behavior. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, if you set a goal and an action for yourself, but it takes you so much time to figure out, okay, I wanted to reduce spend. I'm just making up an example here, but I want to reduce spend by X amount of dollars. If I can't find how much I've been spending, how much I'm spending now compared to what we were to really figure out if I've made an improvement very quickly, it's going to be hard to, if you're making an an actionable item based on something that you don't have easily access to data to, it's going to be a little challenging. I think it's going to be a lot challenging. (laughs) Yeah. Like I actually don't know. I set this goal for myself, but I have no idea how to corral the data around it to figure out if I'm accomplishing this. Like maybe for, you know, real life, real life use for occupiers, maybe, okay, I want to action out all of the uh, renewal options or critical dates that are on my horizon. And I want to make sure I do it within three months of that date sort of thing, have it actioned. Well, an occupier, you could do that pretty fast, but maybe if you were in some other Excel environment, it'd be kind of hard to figure out or even worse if you haven't abstracted all of your leases yet. You know, that brings up a really good point is that, you know, having goals is, is important, I think, for individuals, for teams and for companies. But you also then have to have the tools to be able to support the actions and the tasks that make up those goals, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And sometimes that creates research, you know, so you have to do a little research before you get into this to know what's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. How, how do you think like goals play into like building strong teams? Like what have you seen? You know, it's funny. Like, So I played sports all throughout my life, all types of sports. My main sport was hockey, but I've played, you know, soccer, softball, all, all the things, swimming, all the things. Right. Uh, and I found that even in athletics in high school and college, all of the learnings that you learn on that team can be applied to the real world in a business setting that your team goals always have to trump your individual goals that if you don't have everyone on your team racing towards the same goal, then you're going to have a really hard time. It's even like in hockey, if everyone's not doing the trap, uh, which is a like a way of trapping their offense by your defense and then going and score a goal, right? If, if everyone's not in the spot where they need to be, that trap is not going to work. And so if you have an individual that wants to you know, do their own thing or just isn't aligned with exactly the mission, vision, values, then you know the team's not gonna be successful, just like uh, 
in athletics and as and as business. And I think another really important thing is that you want to have complementary skills. That usually means you want different backgrounds, different experience levels to really bring a well-rounded kind of team to the forefront. You don't want everyone to be the same age, same background, because you may get the same ideas versus if you sprinkle in different experience levels and you would probably get to a better product or a better process than if you kind of had all people that looked the same and did the same thing. Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know, when you get teams, like the more diverse, the better. I think everybody has an individual and unique perspective that they can add to a problem. And whether that person is the most junior person on your team or the most senior person on your team, you don't know where that resolution or that idea is going to come from. Really? It's right. just, you really got to take an honest look, I think, as if you were an outsider into your team and really figure out, like, if I were an independent consultant coming in and looking at this, what recommendations would I have? And, and sometimes that perspective is tough to get to when you're in yeah. the thick of it. Right. It's so true in that you, you know everyone, you're already part of it. So it's hard to see unless you're an outsider sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of teams, how do you think the team composition changes based on your real estate strategy? Yeah, I think it goes back to what we were saying and that you really have to kind of take an honest look at everybody's strengths and, and weaknesses and determine there are those people, if your strategy goes more or is leaning more to say remote work or hybrid work, there are going to be people on your team that thrive in that environment. And there are people on that team that that really isn't going to work for. Right. So you really have to not just from a skills perspective, evaluate the team and the individuals within it, but look at more of the soft kind of characteristics of how people are working and how effective they can be in your new environment. And you may have to adjust your team on that, or you may have to build in accommodations for those people that don't thrive in a completely re remote kind of environment and need to have workspace. And you might have people that need that blend and you might have people that like can't come in, don't want to come in at all. Um, so I think, you know, it's going to be interesting over the coming months to see exactly what the effect is on teams based on what the real estate strategy is because of what the teams are requesting from their real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And so, I mean, is it wild to think that, okay, if let's say your goal, your vision was to expand and double your size of your real estate footprint, do you think that there would probably need to be more experienced people on the team or like, are there certain roles that you would think would be, Oh, this is a need to have. If we are growing exponentially, like these two or three roles are no brainers. You need to have them on the team. Yeah. I, I would say experience level. If you're growing rapidly and you're going to expand your footprint and growing rapidly is kind of that corporate goal, expanding your footprint is kind of a result of that. I would think you're going to need to have somebody with some some good significant 
experience in that kind of growing environment, right? There's a couple of things that I were seeing. A is if you're growing too rapidly, you need to have some consistency, which means you need to have teams and you need to have people in those teams that are consistent, that'll take you through that journey. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think that we need to also consider is that for people that are earlier in their career, they need that mentoring and coaching from people that have the experience. And one, I think, of the purposes of the new real estate uses is going to be to facilitate that growth and that mentoring and that coaching. So when you're more experienced, resources leave or move on or retire or do what they are going to do in the long run, you have qualified people to kind of fill those roles and step up. Yeah, definitely. That makes total sense. You know, (laughs) I guess... You can't really be experienced in X, Y, and Z unless you get experience doing it at some point. (laughs) And having a mentor helping you through that, that would certainly be helpful. Yeah. And and I see it, you know, nowadays dealing with with some of the younger people that have really kind of missed out on that collaboration and that in person over the last three years. It's it's a whole and they're going to have to, you know, we need to, as leaders, find a way to get them up to speed to make sure that there is consistency on a go forward basis. Yeah. Hey, but if you want to hear more about consistency, you're going to have to tune in to the next podcast episode. Don't give too many secrets away just yet, Denise. Okay. I will try. (laughs) (laughs) One final question I think we have, and that is, do you build your team to fit your process or do you build your process to fit your team? And I'm going to let you go first. Okay. This has been the question that I've been noodling on since we thought through this podcast series. And, you know, going with my heart right now, I think I build the process to fit my team. And I only say it that way because I'm assuming that my team is going to be the first thing that I would look at when evaluating my strategy, my vision, and setting my goals for the organization, and especially as it relates to real estate. And so my team would be established first, and then I would layer in the processes in order to accomplish those goals that we set out for in our vision. So I'm going to go process for the team, which I don't know. What about you? I'm almost on the opposite side. I think you build your team to build your team supports the process, right? Oh my God. I I knew we would have opposite views. So I think to the extent that you're rapidly growing or you're new and emerging company, you obviously have that vision in place. Otherwise you wouldn't have gone into business and you wouldn't have started it. So I'm going to go with, you know, you have to choose the right people to facilitate the process and to facilitate the vision. I think it makes sense. I think if you get the wrong people and the wrong people don't and the wrong team doesn't support the team or the process, I don't know how you see success long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes the, the thing I kept noodling on with this is that if you have a bad process, regardless of a bad process, meaning it's inefficient 
or maybe you're missing things or, so there's errors going on. So you have some sort of exposure to risk, something adverse happening to the business that, okay, if you have a bad process that highlights any of those bad things I just talked about, you can throw as many people at it that you want to, but unless you're changing the core process around it, you're probably not going to really be helping yourself out. So maybe but, just start with the process. I don't. <laughs> but if you have the right team and you have the right people on your team, they're going to poke holes in your process and it's going to drive yeah. that change that you need. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. So it's the team, it's the skill set, it's building great processes that are scalable, on and on and on. But yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear the audience's take on this mm -hmm. too. Um, if you have thoughts for what trumps what. People or process. What yeah. say you? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Um, well, this was really fun. Denise, um, very excited to keep this going as we continue on with OCP's three keys to accelerate your real estate initiatives. Uh, we have consistency coming up next. And then last but not least, we'll be talking through product. Uh, but awesome. thanks. Thank you very much for having me. Oh my God, it's been a blast. I can't wait for part two and part three. I hope I'll be laughing just as much.